Welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars with Earl and Nancy Stewart. Reach them with your questions at 877-960-9960. Here's Earl and Nancy. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to uh, Earl Stewart on Cars. Uh, normally with Earl and Nancy, uh, Nancy is uh, out uh, with a little bit of cataract surgery pending, and uh, she'll be back uh, hopefully in a week or two. Uh, we're in the studio uh, with Alan Napier, who used to be a regular on this show. He is a collision repair expert, and my son, Stu Stewart, who's a little bit of everything. He's uh, kind of like I am, cyber, uh, new cars, used cars, and knows a little bit about a lot about cars, and we bring experts in. We're missing Rick Kearney, who is our regular, uh, we call him an auto computer scientist. And before I get off on my auto thing... I have to address the fact that we're on the True Oldies channel, and it's all about music on True Oldies channel, except for Earl on Cars. We're a live radio talk show. I've been doing a show of this type uh, for about 10 years, maybe 11 now. I used to be on the old Seaview radio uh, years ago, and uh, that was a half an hour show. We moved to an hour, then we moved to two hours, and we went from uh, Tuesdays to Saturdays. So... Uh, uh, thank you very much for all our regular listeners that chased us around and actually suffered with the almost two-year hiatus after I got fired. I got fired on Seaview because I was uh, too candid about what this show is all about. And that this show all is all about how to not get ripped off by car dealers, how to not get ripped off by independent service departments, body shops, buying, leasing, selling, repairing, whatever you might have to do with your automobile. We uh, tell it like it is. We uh, tell the emperor he has no clothes. Uh, we tell the emperor that uh, car dealers are ranked at the bottom of the annual Gallup poll on honesty and ethics and professions. Every year since 1977, people don't like to talk about that, particularly the National Automobile Dealers Association or the Florida Automobile Dealers Association. What worries me is even the attorney general doesn't like to talk about it, Pam Bondi. Uh, most of the regulators and legislators don't like to talk about it. Car dealers are held in very, very low esteem. As a matter of fact, uh, I don't like to digress, but that's the way I think. I'm a rambler. Uh, in yesterday's Wall Street Journal, I was honored to be quoted in an article. I'll hold it up because we're streaming this. i got to find a front page now. Live everything is so exciting because I should have had the page folded before, but I got it now. So if you Wall Street Journal uh, folks, this is the first page of the business section of the uh, Wall Street Journal. That was yesterday's, Friday's Wall Street Journal. And uh, articles entitled, Car Dealers Label Labor. Car deal Dealers Labor to Keep Young Workers. Now the sense of the article is the fact that car dealers are just such bad places to work Folks don't like to work on them. They have like a 50% turnover rate. Salespeople come in, and they really can't take it. So I was called to find out by the Wall Street Journal reporter. Um, her name is Adrienne Roberts, by the way, outstanding young lady reporter. She wants to know, well, you've been in the business for 50 years. Why is it so hard for you to keep salespeople? Well, I explained to her why it's not hard for me to keep salespeople. But I explained to her why it is so hard for most car dealers to keep salespeople and why my turnover rate is only about 19% and the average car dealer is about 50%. It's because 
people don't like to cheat people. Uh, car dealers use deceptive advertising, deceptive trade uh, uh, advertising, marketing, bait and switch advertising. They advertise cars below the cost that they'll sell them to you for, and they do it premeditatedly. Then they add dealer fees, and they add dealer install accessories. It's just absolutely terrible. Uh, they don't cut you, won't cost you a price. Uh, the price they advertise and the price they quote you is haggling and hassling and negotiating, game playing. So if you were a young guy or a young gal and you were looking for your first or second job, you just got out of school, how many young people have said to you, Mommy, Daddy, when I grow up, I want to sell cars? Nobody. So that was the essence of this article. And I urge you, if you get do it online or if you can... Uh, or if you don't have a subscription, down. you can go to uh, Facebook.com slash yeah. Earl on Cars. Yeah. yeah, here it is. I got the... I didn't have the picture in there. You can Earl on Cars, Facebook.com Earl on Cars. You can read it there. You can read it in the Wall Street Journal online. And uh, it's a very interesting article. And I'd like to see national attention to the dilemma about uh, our problems in the car business because the local media, and one of the reasons you don't see the discussion is because the local media depends heavily on local car dealers. Think about it, there's hundreds of them in South Florida, and if you look at the television, you go online, newspapers, uh, everything is pretty much loaded with advertising. So advertising is power when you're talking media, and the media doesn't like to criticize, um, you know, you don't bite the hand that feeds you. The hand that feeds the media, largely their biggest feeder, are car dealers. And the dealer organizations, Ford Automobile Dealers Association, uh, the uh, National Automobile Dealers Association, have uh, millions, maybe billions of dollars uh, to lobby Washington, Tallahassee, etc. So, Earl Stewart on Cars, this show is a beacon in the darkness, and we are here to answer your questions, speak candidly. Uh, We value our callers, mostly, 877 Nine six zero ninety nine sixty. I know Nancy, Miss, um, uh, my partner, my co- uh, uh, co-host on Earl Stone Cars. As I mentioned earlier, she's out sick uh, today, cataract surgery. But I know she's watching. She's streaming, as a matter of fact, and she's saying, "I wish Earl would give that number out more often because <laughs> I forget." And I'm sorry. And don't forget. And Nancy te- will probably remind us. Don't forget that text number. And either. the text number. Nancy, I, I, I get off on a rant. And I just keep yakking. So our text number is 772-497-6530. That's 772-497-6530. Call-in number is 877-960-9960. And we do have a caller. And our caller is one of our best callers. Uh, her name is Tina. She's from Bonita Springs. She's an amazing woman, extremely knowledgeable about automobiles, very well read, right on top of things. And uh, so, Tina, thank you so much for being our first caller. And uh, please tell us what's on your mind this morning. It's always interesting. Good morning, Tina. Well, good morning. How are you all doing? We're doing great. Well, I have two things. Um, one, there was quite a few weeks ago where there was a gentleman that called about an older Honda Civic, and he was thinking about possibly getting the head gasket replaced. Well, okay, if you're a young guy and you have a Honda, you know this already, so just ignore me. But older Honda Civics tend to have a weakness in the head gasket, and if you do plan on keeping the car, it really is worth repairing the head gasket because you're talking about a car that can go 300,000 miles easy. 
However, there's one other weakness in an older Honda Civic. I'm talking like before 2010, right around that area. Mm-hmm. And there's a bearing in the transmission, and this is specific to the manual transmission. Mm-hmm. And what will happen is the bearing will go bad, and when you're shifting the car, you can get a really bad grinding noise. And if you're so inclined, you can crack open the transmission and try to get at that bearing. But eventually, at some point, you will need another transmission, and you can get a rebuilt one pretty inexpensively. And doing rebuilt is actually better than getting a new one because the rebuilt one generally will have a stronger uh, bearing on the inside of it. So those of you who are looking to buy an older manual transmission Honda Civic, you're in good shape, but just be aware of those two issues. Well, uh, you, you picked a, a bad day to call in on, on leaky head gaskets and, and problems with uh, transmissions because Rick Kearney is not in today. But we have uh, Alan Napier, who is not only a collision repair expert, he's pretty good mechanically, too. Uh, I'm going to throw the ball to you, uh, Alan, and uh, what are your comments on this? Well, if what we were talking about, I didn't hear that particular show, but if what we were talking about was doing a home repair on a head gasket, uh, unless you are very mechanically inclined, I don't think I would do it at home. Uh, I've had <laughs> I've had some old uh, trucks with straight uh, straight sixes on them that I had to change the head gasket once or twice a year just because the heads warped and it was a product uh, defect, but you knew it was there, and so you just filed the head yourself and every time you do that of course you get higher compression which kind of makes your car a little racier uh the bearing i I would think it would be either a pilot bearing or a throwout bearing and i'm not even sure that a uh honda civic with a hydraulic clutch would have a throwout bearing it's not the pilot bearing it's not the throwout bearing i can't remember what the bearing is but it's deep into the inside of the transmission yeah. And it's not the easiest thing to get to. You have to crack the transmission open and actually get into it. It's not an easy job. Yeah, manual transmissions are, are fairly easy on a rear-wheel drive car. On a front-wheel drive, again, that's not something you would want to do at home unless you're a fairly accomplished mechanic. Let me let me, let me me jump in here while you two gearheads chit-chat. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Tina, there is something, there is such a thing as being too smart. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> it's amazing, and by, by the way, I am very impressed with your mechanical knowledge. Uh, let me give a little consumer advice because we got 20,000 people out there listening that are not going to be tearing down their transmission tomorrow to check that uh, bearing out. Uh, when you have a 2010 Honda and you have a transmission or a head gasket problem, you're talking about repairs that are probably co- more costly than the value of your car. So rule number one in... Um, having your car repaired don't ever spend more money on the car than the car is worth uh you need to uh get an estimate and let somebody else worry about your bearing and your transmission or your leaky head gasket uh and buy yourself another car uh you don't have to spend a lot of money you could buy another 2010 if you wanted to but uh uh, i see this a lot of times people will come into the service drive and they will get an honest estimate on what it's going to cost to repair their car. And they may have a car that has a market value to the dealer of maybe $2,000, and the cost of repairs would be 2500 And that's just uh, not good arithmetic uh, if you look at it. And uh, another thing is that a 2010 Honda or all those... By the way, Hondas are amazing cars, so they are great, high quality. A 2010 automobile period, the quality of these cars has 
increased immensely in the past eight years. I encourage any, anybody driving an eight-year-old car to consider uh, upgrading, maybe not all the way to a new one, but if you upgrade by five years, you will find that the safety benefits and the quality and the, and the repair cost and the maintenance cost is much lower. The technology has made a quantum leap in automobiles in just the past five years. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, like when I had my Miata for 18 years, sometimes you get like an emotional attachment to a car. True. And you don't mind putting the money into it because you enjoy true. driving it so much, which was the case with true. my old car. I just love driving that thing. To you this know. day, I miss it. But it's been restored. It's in a good home. It went mm. to Pennsylvania to a physician, and he actually keeps me updated on it. He used to drive Austin Healy's and MG's and got tired of chasing Lucas, the Prince of Darkness, mm-hmm. which, if you're aware of Dirty Shorts, you know what that is. And he bought my car on Craigslist, sight unseen, had it delivered. He emailed me one day and said, I think I bought your car. So I gave him 10 years' worth of service records. I gave him the ecstasy. I also gave him a book, and he loved it. And I'm so glad that it did not end up in the junkyard somewhere. That would have been a tragedy. But Tina, all the honors are getting to be worth some money now. Tina, I bet you even named your car, didn't you? Yes, I did. I know. See, I knew it. I knew it. I yes, knew a I lot did. of people <laughs> that not only named it, they're yes, so they her, her name, I, I had a woman one time. I had a woman one time that was going to buy a new car from me. And uh, she was so emotionally attached to her trade-in, she almost changed her mind. And so I had to promise mm-hmm. the, the new buyer would be a nice person that would take very good Sorry, care of her car. And I said that I'm going to ask if you can have visiting privileges so you can come and visit your car <laughs> every now and like on Thanksgiving and Christmas. And you'll be able to see your car and be sure that your car is being taken care of. So I, I respect that, and I think that's very nice. And uh, you treat your car like you do your doggy, or maybe your husband, or your friends. Or it's better. Or better, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, my, my old car, her name was Cinderella slash Working Woman's Porsche. <laughs> That's I know it. It depended I, upon the thing. Yeah, I, I actually, there were some yeah, other people that were insulted. I called it Working Woman's Porsche, but I'm like, hey, I can't afford the real thing, but you know what? I'd rather have a Miata than a Porsche any day of the week. No <laughs> offense to Porsche owners, but I don't have deep pockets like that. <laughs> well, you, uh, you're a, it's unusual to have anybody with your technical knowledge, Tina, but for a woman, you know, most women don't get into mechanics and repairs like you do, and it's just a, such a pleasure. I'd love, to, we, I'd love to use you for a mystery shopper and set up a car dealer in South Florida. Oh, and yes. have, yeah, have you go oh, on, that would be so good. on the West Coast? Yeah, go, yeah, oh, yeah, I'd have a field day. I'd, I'd have a field day here. But my bottom line, the whole purpose of it was, to, I think the, the gentleman's name is Mike, my message to Mike and me, I'm sorry if I'm getting your name wrong, but in my opinion, if you want to keep that Honda, go ahead and replace the head gasket and keep on rolling mm-hmm. because the head gasket goes bad after about like 150,000 miles. Mm-hmm. So just go ahead, go ahead, put one on there, and just enjoy your car. Good advice. Well, that's good advice, uh, Tina. You've never given bad advice, and uh, I think uh, it's just amazing. Uh, you you could do your own radio show, you know that. You'd be competition. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, we, 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 we have connections for you. <laughs> He's the other people. regular gentleman caller. I do believe his name is John, and he always has really great information yeah. about mm-hmm. older vehicles. And he always, he Don always from LaBelle, yeah. 
really interesting. I do believe he lives in Stewart, doesn't he? Yeah, I'll John look. from Stewart. Oh, John from Stewart. And Don, Don's from LaBelle. Don's from, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Palm City. <laughs> Palm City, yeah. Well, okay. Well, Tina, thank you. the one, and he'll probably call today. He is the one that could definitely have his own radio show. He is the most yeah. fascinating person I've heard on this show. Tina, my uh, sorry, <laughs> Tina, my ten-year-old truck is the beast. Oh, you call her that's the name, the beast. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I know, is your truck male or female? Uh, male, male. Oh. Yeah, uh, and it's funny. I think the men like to have male. Uh, you know, you like it, male dogs and male trucks and male cars. And Tina has a female Cinderella. Yeah, of course. It's only natural. I need my guitar, uh, Walter. Well, now <laughs> I, ha- I have to caveat that. Now my car that I have now, which is a 2015 Toyota RS, is black. Uh-huh. Its name is Viking. Ah. Uh-huh. Viking. <laughs> little, little Viking. <laughs> I don't see it, but okay. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. Just kind of sang out to me when I saw it, and I have a custom-made gear shift knob on it, and it's a Yoda cloak. Uh-huh. And it says, Roland, they see me, hating they be. Perfect. Well, Tina, thank you so much. I yeah. know Nancy's smiling. She's at home because she's uh, a little out of the weather with her cataract surgery. She's streaming us live at uh, Facebook, Facebook forward slash Earl on Cars. And uh, she's very happy we have our first female caller uh, being Tina, which is uh, uh, she's your Nancy's favorite caller, of course. And you also okay. motivate other women to call in. And that's uh, really what Nancy would love to see is more and more women callers. So you female callers, remember that uh, Nancy's listening and she's expecting more calls. And Tina has fulfilled her wish as the first caller. Thank you so much, Tina. Thank you. And you know what? Now that Nancy has had that eye surgery, mm-hmm. she's very intelligent, and she was never the type of person to miss anything before. Now with her new eagle eyes, she's not going to miss anything to early better life. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> very fun. That's very good. Well, again, I always ask you to promise to call in next week because it wouldn't be Earl on Cars without Tina from Bonita Springs. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'll have a great morning. Fantastic. You too, Tina. Bye, Tina. 877-960-9960. All you uh, listeners out there, we love the calls. Calls are what make the show. 877-960-9960. And text us. Sometimes we get more texts than we do calls. Like we've got two texts and we've got a caller holding. John from Palm City. John, I'll be right with you. The text number is 772 497 6530. Again, that's 772-497-6530. And you can call us at 877-960-9960. John from Palm City. Hey, John, what's going on? Good morning to everyone. Congratulations, Earl, making the article in Wall Street Journal. Thank you. And morning, thank you, John. Tina, for the compliment. Um, today I'd like to talk. It's ironic that Tina mentioned the Honda. I'm going to talk about one. This is involving auto negligence, okay? What do I mean by that? Earlier in this year, I have a good mechanic, all ASC certified. There were two cars in his shop. One was a 2010 Honda Accord, okay? Second one was a Chevy Malibu. I don't know the year. Both of them were inoperative. The Honda, a family member, ran it through a heavy puddle and completely wiped out the engine. Hmm. It's the, both of these cars, by the way, are under 60,000. The Chevy blew a radiator hose, and they overheated and cooked the engine completely. So my mechanic determined both engines were not worth fixing. It was shot. Mm-hmm. So here's the choice that the pe- people needed these cars for work. They didn't have much money even to buy a used car, 
and both, as I say, were under 60,000. So the decision was made, the people with the Honda, they decided to get a complete rebuilt engine mm -hmm. from, a, there's many people that do this, yeah. but my mechanic recommended a place called Jasper Rebuilt Engines. Spell that They're first nationwide, name, okay? It's uh, the www.jasperengines.com, okay? With that, he, they, get, they give him a three-year, 100,000-mile nationwide <coughs> transfer warranty, hmm. okay? So it worked out real good because right. the engine, when it was put in, it gets delivered by this outfit. The old engine gets picked up. Mm -hmm. Very reliable from what I heard. The other one, the Chevy people, wouldn't go that route. So my mechanic decided he can put a used, it's a junkyard engine basically from the center part of Florida. Mm -hmm. I was there when it got delivered. I was getting an oil change and uh, from Wrecking Yard, and it's a used engine, but the guarantee would be from my mechanic that it's good, and if it's not good, he will put another one in from the same Wrecking Yard oh. in Florida. Uh -huh. Okay. When it came in, I saw it. It was beautiful. I mean, as far as steam cleaned, it looked real good. Mm -hmm. But my first thought was, maybe this came from a car that was in a rollover, or maybe another car that had an accident and didn't get shut off right away and overheated. Could be a flood well, car. it did work out good. It was the least expensive way to go outside of this Jasper that I mentioned mm -hmm. that was done on the Honda. But I just want to point out to people... There are other alternate routes mm -hmm. that they can go, especially if they have a good car that's been serviced regularly, and a warning to people, if any red lights or any type of light on a dashboard comes on, yeah. it has to be shut off immediately. Yep. For instance, the Chevy that was overheated, a Honda, there was no lights that were on, it was negligence of a family member. You never, never, we had a heavy rainstorm here in Stewart, Palm City mm. on Thursday, over two inches of rain in less than an hour. Mm -hmm. People forget. They think of the old cars with the carburetor all the way high up and the air cleaner, the highest thing on the engine. No more like that on engines. Mm -hmm. With fuel injection, the engine air intake is probably the lowest thing on the engine, uh, on the car underneath. It sucks in water, and in no time, it's all over. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's a warning to people when we have these heavy Florida floods and rains, uh, do not attempt in any size puddle to try and drive through it because exactly. that low part where the engine intake is in no time, you can wipe out that engine. Some cars but are worse than others. The interesting part, I thought I'd mention this, there are other people that do these engines, rebuild them nationwide with guarantees, and I thought it was a pretty good thing. It did cost more on the Honda than the Chevy people, you know, the Chevy with the used engines. Mm -hmm. But I'm skeptical on the used engines, just like Earl says about used parts. That, By the way, the outfit that delivered the engine, they, they, they're every day they're in the area in uh, South Florida. Mm -hmm. they, they deliver with uh, complete fenders, front-end parts, yeah. transmissions and all. But, you know, it's taking a chance, and I don't think I would want to go that route. 
with yeah. a used engine. It's all about the warranty uh, on used engines or rebuilt engines, and it's also about the reputation of the company. There are a lot of very good uh, outfits out there that sell used engines, but you got to find out which ones they are. Uh, if you if you have somebody like your mechanic, your dealer, wherever you take your car that's dealt with a particular supplier of used engines over a number of years, and they have a decent warranty, it should be at least for a year. Uh, a used engine can really be a good a good buy. Rebuild engines is a better buy. You pay more for it. But the same thing applies. Warranty is everything, and experience with the company is everything. You don't want to go in and have a mechanic tell you you need this, this, or this replaced, and he's going to work on your car and, and put in uh, 60 hours of labor when you could do the whole thing just by putting in a brand-new transmission or a brand-new, uh, not brand-new, but a re- replacement used or rebuilt. Alan's got a comment, too. Jasper. I, I know they've been around at least 25, 30 years, and uh, they are an excellent outfit. Oh, okay. Uh, when I started my career in the car business, it was in parts, and Jasper was around then, and they were a great alternative to a used engine, and the warranty is so much better. Absolutely. When you, when you buy a used engine, it's not just the gamble of, of what was the maintenance on that engine prior. It's usually you only get like a 30-day guarantee on the engine, mm-hmm. and the salvage yard will guarantee they'll guarantee to replace the engine if it's bad with another. But they don't pay the labor, uh-huh. so either the shop has to eat the labor or the customer has to pony up for the labor again. Yeah. So there's a lot to consider when you roll the dice on a used. Yeah, I engine. said a year on used. You don't get a year on a used. You get 30 days is a good warranty on used, yeah. but you get a year on a rebuild, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, at least. And one of John, now you mentioned running through water at high speeds uh, how many uh, people that we see do that in south florida and you're slowed down to a crawl and some nut goes by at 40 miles an hour sprays water all over your car uh, it's it's fun to run through a puddle i mean a lot of fun but as you said you scoop that water up 12 <laughs> the uh, some cars are better than others some cars have a protection device that blocks the water some don't uh Consumer reports, uh, some cars will be uh, fairly safe to run through water, but you should never run through. There's just no point in it. No matter how good the protective device, high enough water at a high enough speed, you're going to burn out your engine. So great call, John. Something in South Florida especially we need to be careful of. All right. That's the purpose of my call was the uh, be careful. It's all negligence, Mm -hmm. and it could have all been avoided, including when the radiator hose blew. Mm -hmm. If it was shut off immediately, it wouldn't have overheated and cooked, especially in this hot Florida sun. And your point about the red warning light, you know, we got so many lights, you got a light on. If you don't look at the, what light's on and why, uh, you're going to hurt yourself badly. Uh, I had a customer recently at my dealership uh, who uh, burned his engine up, and uh, we found out that the red light had come on before, and uh, he just hadn't noticed it. Yep, kept driving. Kept driving. Uh, you know, you get your check engine light on, uh, your maintenance light on, no big deal, but if you have a, if you have a heat warning light, meaning your your gauge is overheated, your engine's overheated, pull over immediately, get out your cell phone, have a friend friend come and pick you up, and have your car towed immediately to your technician. But if you drive just for a couple of minutes with that red light on, you're going to cook your engine. You're looking at thousands of dollars in repairs. Yep. John, thanks good again. Good advice. Be careful. Thank you, John. Have a good one. Yeah, they're looking at get, spending. Forty-five hundred bucks on, a, I think, on a rebuilt. Yeah, yeah. is that right? Yeah. Well, how, how much would a new one cost? Uh, what twice that? It was like oh. eight, seven or eight grand or something. Yeah. yeah, I think it. And with labor and everything, it was over ten grand. Yeah. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. That's our call-in number. Eight seven seven 
960-9960. You'd like to hear from anybody. You just don't have to have a question. Uh, and the te- text number is 772-497-6530. That's 772-497-6530. We have three texts. And mm-hmm. Stu, what's our first text? The first one is a two-part question. Uh, we don't have a name. It's anonymous. But the first part is... Hello, Earl. I'm pondering buying a three-year-old vehicle from a dealer in Florida, about 200 miles from where I live in South Florida. I'm searching for a reliable mobile inspection company to inspect and test drive the car. Are there any mobile auto inspection companies that your experts can recommend? I've looked at aimcertify.com and automobileinspections.com. Hmm. Never heard one. I, I don't know a thing about that, and I love the idea of mobile inspection and today's online uh, cyber age we're living in where you buy so much stuff online. I love it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to make a point of researching that. Uh, I think you could certainly arrange to have a trusted, uh, of course, you're out of, out of the area. Um, you could hire a mechanic, um, and you look for an ASC certified mechanic at a dealership. I'd recommend you might pay a little bit more, but if the car you're looking for is a Honda, if it's a Chevrolet, take it to a Chevrolet dealer. Honda, take it to a Honda dealer and uh, have somebody, have the dealer uh, technician inspect it, uh, explain what you're doing. You're thinking about buying the car, and the cost might be 100 or 150 bucks to check it over, and it would be worth that money. But I think it's a great idea. You might even negotiate with the seller, uh, if you're serious, uh, to... Uh, ask him to uh, help you with the cost on it or at least help you take the car to the uh, technician that wants to inspect it but never ever buy a used car until you had a technician check it over you want to do the Carfax check and you also want to do the automotive technician check and Mm -hmm. I wish I could come up with the name of a mobile and we will research that and announce it next week or maybe even before if we can do it online okay part two of the question is also if all's okay the dealer may ask for a deposit to hold the vehicle until I pick it up. How should I handle the deposit? Would a credit card payment do? I would like to be able to easily get my deposit back in case I am dissatisfied with the vehicle when I arrive to pick it up and close the deal. That's an easy question. When you put a deposit down on a car, now speaking for Florida, uh, if you're in Florida, if you're not, if you're not texting from Florida, then you uh, want to check with your state law. But in Florida, if the receipt that you get for your deposit says refundable, then you can get it back. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't say anything, you can't get it back. You're going to have to argue about it. So I would ask, uh, uh, because you're not, um, if you're buying online, you're not going to see the receipt till you give, put the money down. I'd ask for an email yeah. saying this is <coughs> a refundable that. deposit for any reason. And then you've got to give them a certain amount of time, you know, during the first three days or a week or until I've seen the car, something like that. But never put a deposit down in Florida until you know that, it has a it, it is refundable in writing in writing yep okay we got a text from don and labelle ah. we were talking about don earlier yeah uh earl interesting comment about salespeople turnover because of not wanting to cheat customers mm-hmm. also from my years of experience they don't want to be cheated out of commissions and bonuses by dishonest employers and managers too mm-hmm. very true yep. yeah i just you know think about this folks uh you you got grandkids you got kids maybe you're a young person yourself and you uh, get hired to a car dealer, and the sales meeting, the car dealer says, okay, we're advertising uh, this uh, Jeep uh, Renegade here uh, for uh, $18,912. 
We can't sell it for that. This is our ad car. Uh, we want to sell that for over $20,000. If you sell it below the advertised price or at the advertised price, we pay no commission. In some cases, they fire you if you right. sell it. We'll give, so, you a, we'll give you a gift card if you sell it. <laughs> so imagine being in a position where the first thing you find out from the employer is you have to lie to the customers. A lot of salespeople don't like that. And I know I'm going to attract a lot of anger from other car people about this, but the fact is that every car dealership ad that you've seen, you cannot buy the car for that price. <laughs> if you're in Florida, the advertised price of the car is not the price you can buy it for. I feel completely <coughs> confident with that statement. Yeah. yeah, I'll say another thing about people not coming into the automotive business is it seems like America's love affair with the automobile is kind of over. Now it's it's a tool that you use. It's it, there, there aren't car enthusiasts like Tina. I would consider her an enthusiast. She's like the last of her kind. Right. Yeah. But, you know, we grew up, or I grew up with always wanting a hot rod. You know, I want this exhaust, these wheels and tires. And kids now are, are, are there's more of a love affair with uh, technology and, and yeah. computers. Entertainment. And, and media. Yeah. So, yeah. so, from my perspective, managing a body shop, nobody in my shop that is, is doing the metal work on cars is under 50 years old. And that concerns me because the uh, the love yeah. affair is over. I well, can't I can't bring young people in as well, apprentices. You remember anymore. in school the, uh, an elective w- machine shop? You'd go yeah. in there and you learn how to use tools and mm-hmm. grind metal and all that. Make a pizza pan. Even, very few schools offer that anymore. I did not even know that. Yeah, it went the way of cursive not, writing. Yeah, exactly. Huh? Which is a good thing. Yeah, it's it's frightening for the future, uh, not just in car sales, but for car repairs. Yeah. And, and on the same subject, uh, Don, if you're listening, um, another reason the turnover is so high is because of the working conditions. It's still common in the car business to work people on these extremely long schedules, 70, 80 hours a week, like you're a, 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 an attorney just out of law school. Yeah. And it's very difficult to have a, a life and have a family. And so, and also the treatment of salespeople is typically and commission. Abusive. The millennials yeah. don't like commission. They yeah. want a salary. Uh, they want it's unstable. Gar- they want a weekly or guaranteed amount of money, and they don't want to have to get twenty five percent of the profit. And twenty five percent of the profit was the average commission the car dealers pay, and that means that the higher the price the car, they can make it. Remember, the prices are negotiable. So the higher they negotiate the price, the more money they make. Uh, young people don't like that. I don't like it. A lot of older people don't like it. Yeah. You don't like to lie. You don't like commission you don't like to work 80 hours a week and you don't like to be bullied yeah. and that's the reason the turnover is 50 percent car dealer hire hires 20 salesmen in a year 10 of them leave in the first year the uh wall street journal reporter um who interviewed you and they, she wanted some information from people who had left uh dealerships because they didn't like the working conditions we spoke to a few and uh we were talking to one recently that said that when it looked like they weren't going to meet their sales quota, they canceled the, the sales schedule. It says everybody is here open to close every day for the rest of the month until we hit it. And look, you know, that's, that's no good. <laughs> we got Nancy on the line. Nancy's on the line. Hey, Nancy. Mrs. Sunrise also, my co-host. How are you doing? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Nancy. How are you? We miss you. Thank you. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Earl Stewart on Cars. Yes, Earl Stewart on Cars, and any question is important. So uh, give us a call at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, don't forget that uh, you can stream us. Remember, you can listen 
to Earl Stewart on Cars Anywhere, anytime, listening to our podcast. You can listen to Earl Stewart on Cars uh, from Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, just about anywhere. Uh, so uh, take advantage of that. I have a question. Well, before you do that, can you see me online, honey? Oh, I can see your <laughs> lovely face. Do I look good? And, uh, Alan, she I have didn't a question that. for you. <laughs> I'm awake. Nancy's streaming us. Nancy was concerned I wasn't going to wake up. You look great. (laughs) You ready, Alan? I'm ready. I'm all ears. Good. (laughs) There's a fee to sit in that chair. Oh, I like this. I appreciate you doing this. This is nice. That's a rental. You mean you didn't have permission to use Nancy's chair? Uh Uh-oh. I was sitting here. You guys are sitting on these uncomfortable bar stools. I see this chair sitting here. I'm like, (laughs) speaking of the emperor, (laughs) I like it. You do look taller today. I I feel taller. (laughs) Okay, on a more serious note, uh, I have a young lady. Her name, she doesn't mind that I use her full name, Joni LaBarbera, and... uh, she was curious as to whether she should apply with multiple lenders. And my answer to her is that uh, I think that three is plenty. You can contact your bank. You can uh, contact uh, uh, your credit union, uh, the local banks. And it's, it's really important that you do that ahead of time. Uh, and you probably only need three sources. That's a good, uh, an- because, that's a good uh, answer. They, they're not going to they're not going to vary uh, too widely. Yeah, I just want to let Bob from Lake Worth know that we know you're holding and we'll be with you in a flash. So please hang on, and we'll be with you in just a second. Now, uh, Nancy, I think you gave excellent advice. I think uh, uh, you. Uh, Always check with your bank, the bank that you deal with. They will typically give you a preferential rate, and you also ought to check with your credit union. Uh, If you don't have a credit union, you know you can join a credit union. Uh, Credit unions have lower rates than banks, and you can join a credit union for a nominal fee. Uh, You could call a credit union, find out what what is it your rate for financing newer used cars, and if it's a really good rate and you have to pay them 100 bucks a month to be a member, I think the Gold Coast Credit Union, I'm trying to think of some credit unions, too. Do you know any off the top of your head that you can join as an outsider? You don't have to be employed by a particular company. Yeah, there's some like Velocity Credit Union, I yeah. think. No, I think Space Coast, you have to be in the aerospace <coughs> industry, but I'm not sure. But, yeah, there are a few out there yeah. that you can join. Excellent. Velocity is uh, a lot of people are joining yeah. that credit union. Yeah. They're supposed to. Can I, can I ask you a credit question? Sure. I'm a credit moron. Uh, when you're applying for credit, and if you're going to go to multiple lenders like that, is each application you put in, is that what they call a hard hit on your credit? Yes. And so if, if say, I went to Bank of America, who doesn't exist anymore, first, and then three days later I tried Chase, would the Bank of America hard hit affect what Chase sees? No. No, it, it's all simultaneous, and, and gosh, I hope Bank of America still exists because. Uh, oh, I thought they got. <laughs> oh, I, that was Washington Mutual. <laughs> we got a lot of business with Bank yeah. of America. So, yeah, um, yeah when okay, it's called shotgunning. So, a an irresponsible finance manager will simultaneously with the computer program submit applications to multiple ba- multiple banks. When you do that, all the inquiries negatively impact your your credit report. Um, if they know what they're doing, they know which bank matches your 
particular profile, so they'll try and keep it to one or maybe two. Um, but since it happens at the same time, each, it's not in succession, so it's not going to keep lowering your credit. So, uh, But it's still not a good idea. Like Nancy said, three max. If they're doing more than that, they're just they're throwing stuff at the wall and see uh, to, to see what sticks. Yeah. Great question, Alan. Great Thank question. You. I get I get asked that often. Um, uh, another little tidbit for Joni LaBarbera is that uh, she should uh, really go over the financing very very carefully, and you must focus on the interest rate, not the car loan term. Because these uh, these guys got you they got you going left and right here. So. Uh, that's my advice for Joni. Good advice. Uh, thanks for letting me uh, tune in, guys. Well, call and, call uh, back call back in again. We miss you. We miss you. We, we miss we miss your lovely voice, your musical voice. Thank you. And you need to call in again. You're calling again today, okay? I will indefinitely. Okay, we're going to go to Bob and Lake Worth. Bye, Nancy. Bob, you there? Bob and Lake Worth. Bob, 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 Bob. Are you going to start singing? I thought you were going to do Bob Rand. Bop, 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 bop. <laughs> I think we, Bob, we may have lost you. If we did, please call back in. Our number is 877. Okay, we got Bob. Good morning, Earl. How are you doing this morning? Doing great, Bob. What's going on? I was wondering if you uh, had read about what uh, Jaguar Land Rover was doing. No. No. Well, they're, uh, for the first time ever, they're opening up a facility in Georgia. Uh-huh. I believe it's probably in the Atlanta area. Uh-huh. Where if you have an old Jag, an old Land Rover, you can bring it to them directly, and they will do a frame-off restoration for you. Wow. I did see that headline, but I didn't read the article. I hope you read the whole article. Wow, that is yeah, really it's cool. Very, it's very interesting. You know, uh, Nissan was doing something similar about 10 or 12 years ago with the uh, Datsun 240 or 260Z. Mm-hmm. But the only thing there, you had to ship that car back to Japan. And what they would do, it was very expensive, and, and they would rebuild that car just like it was came out of the factory and then ship it back to you. But this is the first time I've ever seen a manufacturer mm-hmm. get into that business and have it, uh, you know, a facility located in the United States. I, I got to believe the cost of the complete restoration would exceed the uh, what you could buy a new car for. Of course, but, of course. But, an ex- but a 1962 XKE Jaguar red convertible, yeah. is uh, what's it worth today? Probably $250,000. Mm. I mean, I would have died for a 1962 or three uh, red XKE Jaguar. Hey, does Ford still own Jaguar, Bob? I believe uh, Jaguar and its own. I think they were owned. I'm not quite sure. It might that might have been sold to uh, Tata. That's possible. <laughs> I think you might be right. They changed hands. Yeah, Tata in India. Yeah, you know, that uh, they're they're an amazing company. They they have a car. Tata builds a car in India uh, for something like uh, fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, a brand new car. <laughs> you can pick it up with your I, own hands. Right. So. I was wondering if uh, did you know that Indiana has banned subscription services? Yes, I heard something about that. Um, we're in a group of 20... I was wondering, what, what do you, what's your take on uh, this new trend to go to a subscription service? I, I understand the uh, dealers are extremely upset about 
the situation because they feel like their margins are going to be squeezed. It makes they're putting, this, yeah. they're well, putting well, in a lot of political and monetary pressure still on legislatures. Still explain what the subscription service is. A lot, sure of people, a lot of people don't know what the it. subscription service is. Well, some manufacturers, uh, General Motors is one of them, are piloting a program where you pay a monthly fee and uh, $300 a month, say. And then you can drive, you can exchange the vehicle you drive as many times as you want. And so you show up, you say you want to drive a, a Cadillac XTS, and you drive that for a month or two, and you say, you know what, I, I want to drive a, an Escalade. So that you come and you swap it out. The dealers don't like it because they're not quite sure how they factor into the equation. Is this something that... The, right, right. Yeah, but yeah. You, know, you know, on those subscription services, that includes everything. Yep. Including the insurance. insurance I mean, you don't pay anything except the, the whatever the, the fee is, mm -hmm. and I guess you have to put gas in the car, yeah. but that would be it. Yeah. Um, to say that they're upset is an understatement. We have I know some dealers that are absolutely hysterical. One in Indiana, by the way, and their dealer association lobbied the legislature in Indiana very heavily, and they got legislation passed to ban the practice in Indiana. You know, so, they don't want the public to have what they want. Yeah. I don't know if they want it. I I can see the uh, I can see the utility in it. Let's say uh, you uh, want to go on vacation, so you get yourself a nice fancy convertible, mm -hmm. and you drive it on vacation. You come back. Now uh, you want a truck because you got to do some uh, yeah. work around. You got to carry some stuff in the back of your truck. Later on, you're going to take another. You want to go somewhere else. You get yourself a van because it'll carry nine passengers. So I think I think it is a interesting concept. But it is a, it's something that very, earlier Alan was talking about the psychology of car buying. Is the psychology of car buying changes the feeling about cars? You know, we just heard from Tina LaBelle. She fell in love with her car. She wouldn't want to rent a car. That would almost be like prostitution. I mean, you would be, you would be, so superficial. she'd be unfaithful to the car yeah. that she owned. You, she would, you own a I car. I bet you she wouldn't even lease. Exactly. So, very interesting. And I, I don't know, the dealers will find it. You heard it from Stu, Bob, that uh, dealers don't like the idea because it's going to cut into their profits. Their profits would definitely be limited. And uh, the way they like it now is they could, you come in the car dealership, they got a chance to make a slam dunk. Mm -hmm. They could make four, five thousand, ten thousand dollars selling or leasing a person a car if the person isn't careful. With a subscription service, uh, their time is limited because the subscriptions are limited. And it's 30 days at a time, I guess. 60, 90 days, something like that. Yeah, the terms each manufacturer has a different term, but it yeah. is. is Basically, as many times as you want. It's almost like a car cooperative. Yeah. And yeah. I, I would question car each, club. each time you decide to go in and exchange your car, do you get a brand new one or do you get one that another guy just drove 30 days? I'm going to guess it's a fleet, like you have a rental fleet at a yeah. dealership and they're going to be somewhat used. Sure. But yeah. they'll be current model, you know. Yeah. Bob, great Don't call. Two, two interesting <laughs> things. You told us two things uh, we didn't know much about, but they're very interesting. <laughs> Good. Uh, you know, I saw the other day one other thing. I was over at the Publix on, uh, over there on the A1A, and in the parking lot was a Toyota uh, MR2 Spider convertible, oh, blue with a black top, yeah. a two seater, <laughs> and it was it was in really good shape. And I was wondering, what year are those vehicles? I th they stopped making those in I think 2000 or 2001 or something like that. Yeah. I, I couldn't right, even right. fit them. They're very small. Little bitty. Cool little looking. Cool. Yeah, it's a, for a small person. 
Yeah, very difficult. I'm six foot four. I weigh two hundred ten pounds. Took me half an hour to get in and get out of an MR2. We had Allen's team uh, pry you out of the car. I yes, right. <laughs> yeah, and I think in a lot of uh, towns and municipalities, they they actually make you put one of those fiberglass uh, flag poles on with the orange flag on it, so people don't trip over them in parking <laughs> That's lots. That's right. Yeah, exactly. They <laughs> very small. Our our trucks don't. What, when is when is the uh, when is the uh, Supra going to be? Uh, uh, I, I saw the uh, BMW, which is supposed to be a similar base car. It was introduced at the Pebble Beach Concours, and I was wondering, uh, the Supra, when are they yep. going to uh, you know, unvi- un- unveil that thing? Summer of 2019. They'll, you'll see it before that, but it's going to be available for sale next summer. And NASCAR, is, uh, that'll be Toyota's interest in that. Entrance in uh, NASCAR will be the Supra, so you'll probably see it racing before they're in the showrooms. Right, so won't you, will, will you think they'll have it at the uh, Miami Auto Show? I don't know. I, I, I would guarantee it's going to be at New York and Detroit. Yeah. Um, maybe it'll it'll probably be in Miami. Miami's third largest show in the country. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And the other thing, did you know the uh, Detroit show now has been moved? No, I did not. Out yeah. of Detroit? They, they moved it because everybody was pulling out. Huh. So they they uh, haven't moved. I don't mean the location. I mean the timing of it. Oh, okay. oh I see. Yeah. No, it's uh, those auto shows are huge. I uh, I rarely go to them myself. It's uh, but uh, they are attract a whole lot of publicity and media, and you got to make a, a statement on the auto show, or it can hurt you marketing wise. Bob, great call. Sure. Uh, as always, right. please call again. And uh, okay, thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Eight seven seven nine six zero. 9960. That's our call in number. And uh, we'd like to have as many female callers as we can. We've had two. We've had Nancy Stewart, my co host, who is out with uh, cataract surgery. And we had Tina from uh, Bonita Springs, um, one of our most informed callers. But the first new female caller, if you haven't called the show before, we pay you 50 bucks. I mean, I'm not proud. We bribe you. Yeah, cash. No conditions, no strings. I'm sending Nancy 50 bucks. Yeah, well, that's right. That's the first time she's... Well, no, no, no. She had knee surgery. Exactly. Sorry, you're out, Nancy. Okay, but any new female caller, 50 bucks, first two. So you don't have to be first. You can be second. Love to hear from you females. Your perspectives are always interesting and very different many times from the male observations. Yes. And uh, you you buy half the cars, let's face it. you got a lot of power. I think, actually, women control more wealth in America than men. More than we know about. They do in my house. Exactly. (laughs) 877-960-9960. 877-960-9960. And you can text us at 772-497-6530. If you just tuned in, in fact, I don't think I've mentioned the Mystery Shopping Report. Uh, This is the highlight of the show. We usually do it in the last half hour. And uh, uh, I, I, t- I probably overstated. I say every week, this is really a good one. It's a and, good one. Yeah, and you think I'm hyping it because we want you to stay on the line. But this really is a very good one. I won't say it's the best one, but it is a really good one. And it's a company that we have never shopped before. It's a company, a dealership that we never knew existed. And they're big. They got, I think, a dozen, 18. 19 stores. 19 stores. Uh, but they're just coming into Florida. A very unique concept, and we were put onto it by a caller last week who went in to buy a car and had a very positive impression, although it raised some suspicions 
about that. And it's H. H. Greg. H. Greg. I shouldn't have said that. I like to keep uh, well, the Well, the, the next text is going to come Cats out that. of the bag. Yeah. Right. Hey, cats speaking of cats, yeah. and I know we don't accept commercials, but I want to do one. Okay. Big Dog Ranch Rescue. Um, everybody. We don't have any cats. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're uh, well. I the, the, I was trying to roll w- from the cat. That was the worst transition ever. You speaking got of, Speaking of cats, <laughs> let's a, talk about speaking talk. of cats. If you have a cat you really want to scare, just bring it on over to Big Dog Ranch Rescue. Yeah. And what an amazing <laughs> place, man! What an amazing <laughs> place that is. The uh, but their their new facility is fully functional out in Loxahatchee on Okeechobee Road. Mm-hmm. We encourage anybody to go out there, even if you can't. Uh, you love dogs and you can't get a dog. You can volunteer to be a dog walker, caregiver for the dogs. Uh, uh, it's really important. And uh, the True Oldies Channel, ninety-five point nine FM and one hundred six point nine FM, are advocates for Big Dog mm-hmm. Ranch Rescue. And uh, we really encourage you to support them and, uh, or visit or volunteer there. Well, thank you. Alan is one of the greatest dog lovers of all time. I lose count of his dogs at any given time. How many dogs do you have right now? Right now we have three. Some of our dogs got 15, 16 yeah. years old and, and, and moved, on. moved on over the last year. I know you've been yeah. up to five, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah. In fact, this morning you got me up so early, I... I think i might have slipped a little tongue to the dog and patted my wife on the head when i when i when i left i'm not sure i'll check in with the wife well, also, i'll transition uh, to david who is holding on the phone from north by beach david your breath was a little doggy this you, morning. you got me it's out like, of that one it was ki- it's like kissing a dragon or something this morning I- thanks for calling david what's up good morning i bought a used uh toyota convertible mm-hmm. used solera convertible how do i find out if the dash is covered under the warranties they had there for a while well you're talking to the right guy uh, uh it is they don't like to talk about it but it is covered and uh uh you need to call and uh probably order the dash because uh there is a wait sometimes and depending on the color and the year uh solera that you have but yes, uh, it's a, it, it's a an 04. Is that still covered that far back? Well, it's not actually a warranty. It's a recall, uh, warranty extension. I think they called it or something. A like warranty that. Enhancement, yeah. enhancement program. There we go. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a. I could probably do two hours on that because I was personally involved in it. They were not fixing them for a long time. Uh, I screamed and yelled, got everybody interested in it, the media included. The media came in, photographed the dash, found out Hondas were cracking and Nissans were cracking. Apparently the dash supplier, kind of like Takata and airbags, this dash supplier had uh, dashes all over in all different makes and model cars. And they cracked during high humidity, high conditions like the Takata airbag. So high heat, high humidity caused these things to get melt and, and crack. So they finally confessed, and you have to call and push it. But uh, if you have a problem, you can call me. But call your nearest Toyota dealer. Say, I have a 2004 Honda Solera. Dash looks like heck. You'll ha- he'll ask you to bring it in. He'll take a picture of it. He'll send it to to- Toyota. Uh, they'll approve it. Uh, they will order you a dash, and they will install it for you. So uh, I'm glad you called the show, and I'm glad that we could help you, David. 
do, do we do this through the service department? You do, absolutely, the service department. Call the service department. Uh, you can have your VIN number handy, maybe. That might help. And uh, then uh, you, you're going to have to have a picture taken of it because they have to see to validate the claim that it is a defective dash. And it's pretty expensive, you know. It's, it's The dash, between the dash and the labor, you're looking at around $1,000. So uh, Toyota has to look carefully and approve these things one by one. Uh, they not... Uh, they're not too happy about it, let's put it that way. So you do have to be diligent in pursuing it. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Well, David, you're very welcome. And any other folks out there with defective dashes, cracked dashes on your Solaras, remember uh, to push it. Be a little pushy. You had to be pushy because I think officially they stopped it last yeah. May. Yeah. We've had a number of lingering yeah. people come in late, and we've been successful. So, David, if you're still listening, if the dealer tells you, uh, they said no, then call us, and we'll get it done for you. 877-960-9960, and text us at 772-497-6530, and the texts are starting to back up, so 772-497-6530, we've got four texts. Yep. Uh, first one, we have Jeff in West Palm Beach saying, is it true sometimes, I've heard this before, that it's called a dummy lights come on your dashboard, it's meant for people who don't know too much about cars to take it to a dealership or an auto re- repair place to make sure the car is up to date. Well, dummy is a lot nicer than idiot. Yeah. yeah I used to call them idiot lights, but that's really demeaning. Yeah. Dummy is kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. I think what's happening now, and I hope this is the direction they're going in, it used to just be a light comes on, you got to, what does that mean? And you got to rely on the dealership. Now, with technology, it's getting a little bit more descriptive. And with the connected, te- te- the connected technologies, you can actually use a phone. It's a little bit more descriptive. But still to this day, yeah, you got to deal with dummy lights. <laughs> yeah, even, even with the gauges. Yeah. You, you stop seeing the gauges, basically. Right. I don't even think they put oil pressure gauges in cars anymore. I loved having an oil pressure gauge. I have a tack that I never look at. Who? Why do I need a tachometer with an automatic transmission? It makes you yeah. feel like a race car driver. Yeah, yeah it's cool. but I, I'd rather have that oil gauge. I, I liked seeing the oil gauge move and know you where know, it was. You, you know yeah. the idiots who go screaming by with the loud mufflers? They all have tachometers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they like the red line. I red line that one. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I hate those guys. Okay, the next one. Uh, s- since you already spilled the beans on the mystery shop, we have a text. Yeah. The texter asks, have you done a mystery shopping review of H. Greg in Miami? <laughs> they had a car advertised for 10798 which is a pretty good price on that car. Now <laughs> the catch. I asked them for a buyer's order through email, and they provided it. To the sales price, they added an eight ninety nine pre delivery service fee, a two ninety nine electronic filing fee, then calculated sales tax on that. Then they added an eighty nine dollar tag agency fee. I figure the eight ninety nine and the two ninety nine are dealer fees disguise. What about the eighty nine dollar tag agency fee? Apparently, they bill themselves as a no haggle dealer. What can I do, if anything, to get them to get rid of all or any of these fees? Tag agency fee is another lie. Yep. And they uh, they come up with creative names that sound like government fees. Tag agency fee is a really good one. Electronic filing fee really works well. You can deceive a lot of customers with the electronic filing fee. And uh, it's only limited to the dealer's imagination. Uh, we've seen dealers with four or five dealer fees. Uh, dealer fees can total up to over 2000 or even $3,000. So uh, the, the acid test to a government fee was sales tax calculated on that. So when you get your print out of the buyer's order before you give them your money, 
Find out if the 6% Florida sales tax, if you're in Florida, was calculated on what they said was a fee. If it was calculated, it ain't a fee. It's profit to the dealer. Um, since it's out of the bag, I'm looking at the buyer's order from H. Greg, and as the texter said, they apply the $89 private tag agency fee after sales tax, which is a no-no. Yep. Okay, that's a federal offense. And this is a big company. So uh, Pam Bondi, our state attorney, or uh, this is a federal offense. I guess we call the FBI. Well, they're in uh, multiple states, uh, so we've got to call all the agents. That's big. That's going to be a big number. <laughs> yeah. They're, they are not paying sales tax on their tag agency fee? Correct. Ooh. They might be paying it. They're not collecting it. Ooh. Right. Oh, wow. Well, that's right. Maybe they're paying. That would be very clever. Okay, that's a whole new show. We have a caller. That's a new caller, first-time lady caller, Nancy from Jupiter. I think that's your wife. <laughs> I was trying to be funny. Yeah. My I, son, I, 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 I my was son has no I, sense of humor. I have a dry sense of humor. Uh, okay. Hi, Nancy. Hi, how are you doing today? Oh my God, you're nice. Oh my God. Who's laughing now, Earl? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That is funny. If you want to know why I'm laughing, Nancy, it's because my wife's name is Nancy. She's my co-host on the show. She's home. She lives in Jupiter, and I told her to call back. So I saw the board up here. said Nancy from Jupiter. I thought Nancy was calling back in. Well, Nancy is calling back in, but I don't think I'm married to you. No, I don't think so. No. Well, I'm sorry for being silly, but I'm sure you call for a real reason. And by the way, you won fifty bucks. You Good morning. Fifty bucks, and we're gonna give you to the uh, uh, control room guy, Colin, when we uh, hang up with you. And you're gonna get fifty bucks sent. We'll get the contact information. And uh, please tell us uh, what's on your mind. Uh, my girlfriend had a car that she had gotten a thing called fixed F I X D put in her car. And that is supposed to tell you if there's something wrong with the car on your phone or your smartphone. Mm-hmm. And she said that it, I, I know you can go in and you can have your car tested, but it costs quite a bit of money to have your car tested what's wrong. But she says it really works. Does it work? Yeah, I'm not familiar with that. Uh, I got both uh, my partners here frantically uh, searching. Well, I've heard about things that uh, basically it's a little transmitter. It goes into the data port and it communicates to your phone. And, can, and the program will analyze the codes that normally the dealer would have to plug in into their scanning tool to tell you what's wrong when you have a check engine light. An aftermarket device that you buy online or yeah. someplace. I know they're becoming more popular. I, I can't speak to how effective they are or how accurate they are, but um, it's something I'd like to have. Yeah, I mean, uh, cool. if you're a techie, it sounds like a really cool thing. How accurate. Boy, I miss Alan. I miss Alan. I miss Rick Kearney when he's not here because he's our auto computer scientist, and that's what we're talking about here is computer science on cars. Uh, it's a brilliant idea. Cars today, Nancy, uh, the newer ones now will be uh, – maybe the ones coming out 2019, 2020, will communicate not only directly to you, but to the dealer. So if you have a problem with your car, your dealer will know about it. You'll know about it. You will get a text or a phone call saying uh, your engines are going to overheat next week or mm-hmm. you know, you're know you leaking oil or you're whatever. Diagnose a problem and let you know about it before the fact. So you know we're really here in uh, the twilight zone. Uh, technology is moving so fast, and I think this is a type of device that your friend has. 
It, this particular company, and I have heard of these companies, and they they people like them because mm-hmm. basically you're diag- you're bringing your car to your mechanic with with it already diagnosed. Mm-hmm. So you, you get rid of that fear of uh, they're going to sell me things I don't need. Uh, but fixed F I X D. I'm um, looking at the app here. They've got almost 3,000 scores with a 4.7 uh, rating. Mm. Uh, Google? And yeah. Wow. And it's over four years old, so there's a good history there to draw on. Uh, and 4.7 for something like that's pretty do- – 4.7 for anything automotive yeah, is yeah. good. Yeah. You know uh, what, uh, so, Nancy, yeah, what, like you should do, what you should do, because uh, we talked about Google scores a couple of weeks ago, and Stu pointed out the fact that when you're looking at Google ratings, a lot of companies can manipulate the Google rating. The best thing for you to do, and they got 3,000 uh, scores, you'll have a lot of them look at – Throw out the 4.7s and the 5s and the 1s and look at the 3s. Uh, the people that score 3 have given some thought and then read the comments. Yeah. The comments will tell you specifically what their experience was. Look for trends, too. You see the same complaint over yeah. and over again. Yeah, but it sounds really good, and uh, that's something we're going to investigate. And I just want to say one of the reasons we love female callers is because, like Tina, Nancy, you had a very intelligent call and something new uh, we didn't even know about. And we would love to have you to continue calling the show because we need more women. You just make more interesting calls. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much. And don't forget, stay on the line, and, and uh, Control okay. Room will get your contact information. And you're going to get 50 bucks. And you'll get it this week, and there will be no strings attached. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you, Nancy. Bye-bye. Thanks, Nancy. You know, when somebody that calls... That sound like you're Nancy. <laughs> no. When somebody calls in with something like this, and, and you think, man, that's a great idea. Yeah. Why didn't I think of that? Yeah. yeah. So, somebody's on their way to being a billionaire from a, a freaking app. You, you yeah. do think of things. You just don't write them down. You've yeah. already had a, a thousand billion dollar ideas. You're well, we probably learn, right. We learn things on the show from our callers. I know it sounds like a cliche, but the callers make the show, and we've learned three things today. I mean, well, uh, uh, H. Greg, we never heard about this. Our caller last week told us about a, a big, big car dealership we never heard of, and then we found out about uh, Jaguar and uh, Land Rover uh, restoring cars at a plant in Orlando. Take your 62 XKE Jag and have them restore it for you. And now we just got Nancy from Jupiter, an app that diagnoses the problems with your car. We also learned about mobile repair services. And mobile repair. I mean, it's almost like we're the ones that are exactly. learning. We're benefiting. Yeah, we're, we're. That's why we come here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Thank you so much. We got a couple more texts that <coughs> Stu's going to read. Yeah, we got a text from Percy. And Miami, Percy. Percy. In Miami Lakes. Um, I have a 2015 Honda Pilot with about 66,000 miles. Since new, we've taken it to get oil changes to Rick Case, Honda, and Davey. My wife would, would take the car in. At 29,000 miles, they recommended transmission service, and they replaced the transmission fluid. Uh-oh. At 38,000 miles, they replaced the coolant. At 44,000 miles, they replaced the brake fluid, power steering, and performed a fuel treatment. What do you guys think about that? Uh, were any of these necessary? I looked at the owner's manual, and it appears that all of this stuff is controlled by Honda's maintenance minder, and we couldn't find an official schedule for this stuff. Maybe that's why they try to get away with it. I'm surprised. Uh, I know that most cars uh, don't replace the transmission fluid. and Not the newer ones, yeah. Yeah. What, what year was this Honda Pilot? It's 2015. 2015? Yeah. I'm not sure. That We'll have to research that. But 
I'm, and I'm also surprised that Honda does not have specificity. Did I say that right? Sounded uh, good to me. Specificity. That's pretty close. Yeah, in their owner's manual. And uh, you should only have what is specified in your yeah. manufacturer's owner's manual done when you go into a car dealership. That's the maintenance the factory requires. It's right. It's good for the car. You should do it. shouldn't do any more. You shouldn't do any less. And uh, you should do it timely. So... Uh, I would ask you, Texter, to reread that Honda owner's manual. We will try to do some research on this. They should tell you when the transmission fluid should be replaced, and I don't think it should be well, replaced. Percy, I'm, I'm, I suspect this is uh, unnecessary services. That's, no. that's my guess. And uh, we will do a little further uh, research. We might even do, we haven't done a service shop in a long time. Maybe we'll send Tina to uh, Rick Case Honda and uh, see what happens. But we need to do a service shop. And uh, Nancy Stewart is holding. Uh, Nancy, Mrs. Sunrise will be right with you. <laughs> so we have... Uh, I think Alan's got a point to make. Yeah, this, all these flood flushes, the brake flood flushes and all that, it's a huge profit center for the service yeah. departments. It's uh, anytime you go for a specific service at a, at a car dealer or, or your mechanic and they upsell you on anything yeah. and they and they portray it as being uh, part of your scheduled maintenance, just mm-hmm. take out your owner's manual and ask them to show you where, where it's required. Because 90% of all that flush crap is crap. Yeah. yeah. It's it's huge profit, and you, you got upsold. I, mean, I live in the Toyota world, but uh, 2015 Honda is not that much different than 2015 no. Toyota, and none of this stuff is required with Toyota. So. Yeah. yeah, car dealers make more money by far in what they call the back end. They take the parts department, the service department, which are really one and the same because they furnish the parts to the service department. And then the uh, collision repair, if they have one of those, you add them all together. They make more money in those departments than they do in the what they call the front end, which is used car and new car department. So it's a huge profit center to car dealers, and you really got to be careful. And as Alan said, factory recommended maintenance only. If they quote you a big m- number on a repair, get other bids from other garages, other independents, or other dealerships. Okay, we've got uh, Nancy Holding from uh, Jupiter Inlet Colony, and she's also the co-host. Hi, Nancy. How you doing? Doing well. Good. I have a two-part question. Is this the right, Nancy? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> What's up? fuel light has come on, how much gas do you have left? Second part of that question. And will driving up to the point of, say, running out of gas negatively affect my car? Who would like to answer that? I would say if your light's on, you can... Just keep on going. Uh, yeah, push it as far as you can. <laughs> don't well, do that. that's what I do. No, don't do that. I, I, Nancy, I think... I, alwa- I always do that. Ask your dad. It reminds me of Seinfeld. <laughs> well, it's a, it's, a psych- it's a psychology test. When you do that, my psychology, I'm, I'll admit it, I'm a chicken. Uh, when I see the low fuel warning light, I start to sweat. I start looking for gas stations. I start, I start uh, imagining running out of gas on 995. Yeah. And other people get a thrill. It's an exhilaration, almost like a, a drug high. And they push it, and they push it, and they push it. So I love the thrill. Yes. Yeah. When I was a young man, I would push it more. Now, usually it comes on, and then my navigation directs me to a gas station. Uh-huh. That's for real. And what was the second question? The second question was, if you do run it until it runs out of gas, uh. well, you're, are you going to negatively um, affect your vehicle? 
used to um if you ran one out you run the risk of scoring the cylinder walls and uh, I don't. I, I think now the computer just what about shuts sediment, sediment and the gas tank settles to the bottom. I, I think everything's cleaner now and yeah, it's filtered I better. I think the fuel at the station that you're putting in your car is is controlled and cleaned and filtered better. I think the fuel filters in the cars are are far superior because almost everything's fuel injection, so you get a little chunk yeah. of. But that's really interesting. You say the the computer knows that you're getting to that point and it will shut down the engine. Yeah, I, I don't think that you're dry running the cylinders right. like you used to when you ran out of gas. Okay. Uh, and most know. cars are automatics now, so so when the engine shuts off, mm-hmm. it's not like you're in a standard shift where the as the wheels turn, the transmission's turning, and, and your yeah. pistons are still going. They stop. The, the Even the transmission pretty much stops turning. Yeah, let me ask Nancy. show me what the pistons do Nancy. again? Nancy, when you're uh, when you're mowing the lawn with our power mower, uh, do you have you ever run out of gas with your power mower? Because I don't think it has the sophistication. Whoa, 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 whoa. Nancy mows the lawn with a with a lawnmower at home. Really? Got a Dixie chopper. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Are you still there, Nancy? She's I think mad. We, I am. She's okay. mad at me. Oh, she's medicated. She fell asleep. Did we answer your questions? Uh, you did. Okay. Uh, but uh, my comment: I love the thrill of seeing <laughs> that gas gauge on empty, mm-hmm. and I always take it as far as I can go. Not with me in the car. I've never, <laughs> I ne- I have never found out how far I can go. Mm-hmm. I've never run out of gas. Mm-hmm. I, uh, every sure. time I fill up with gas, I reset my trip meter, and the most I've gone in my Tacoma is 323 miles, but I am below an eighth of a tank when I get to 280 miles on my trip meter, and I start getting real nervous then. But your original question about how much gas do you have uh, when the when the warning light comes on, I think the minimum's two gallons. I think, uh, depending on the car, it's two to four gallons, by the way. So yeah. it, it's not like it, you can't it make it around the block. It does depend on the vehicle. I agree with you. Well, Nancy, thank you very much for that call. It's uh, certainly something hey, that people think don't about. Don't forget, to all of you out there, 877-960-9960, or you can text us, 772-497-6530. And don't forget, fantastic mystery shopping report coming up. It's a doozy. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Thank you very much. And uh, also, Nancy would remind you, if she were here, the second female caller, we've already had the first, the second female caller, 50 bucks cash, if you haven't called the show before. If you have not called Earl Stewart on Cars and you're a female, all you got to do is pick the phone up, call 877-960-9960. I know there are a lot of women out there haven't called the show. Ka-ching, 50 bucks, hadn't called the show, 877-960-9960. 50 bucks unconditional we just send you a check and our text number is 772-497-6530 that's 772-497-6530 we got one text left we haven't responded to yep uh, we have a text from Anne marie she says good morning no questions just a couple of comments congratulations on being interviewed by the wall street journal i just want to let you know that your comments on younger people not wanting to sell cars was also mentioned on jalopnik.com I found under their morning shift heading, uh, written uh, by Michael Balaban. And then she says she hopes Nancy has a speedy recovery. 
Well, thank you very much, Anne-Marie. That was very kind. And I'm so proud of this Wall Street Journal quote to be quoted in a national publication. And the reason I like being quoted in the Wall Street Journal, other than the fact that ego, I got a big ego, and who doesn't like to be called by a Wall Street Journal reporter? I know that all the car manufacturers and most of the car dealers read the Wall Street Journal. Uh, their political leanings are in that direction, and uh, they read that type of newspaper. It's a very widely circulated paper. <clears throat> and so I'm going to read my quote. Just to rub it in a little bit, um, the headline, as I said before, and I'll hold it up. I keep forgetting we're videoed. Car dealers labor to keep young workers. Car dealers labor to keep young workers. And the Adrian Roberts, the reporter, asked me, <clears throat> I said, quote, Many millennials say car dealers have an outdated approach to selling that doesn't always fit their values, even if the jobs have the potential to pay well. Younger workers aren't interested in haggling with customers and are far less tolerant of the old boys club atmosphere still common at many dealerships, said Earl Stewart, owner of Earl Stewart Toyota in North Palm Beach, Florida. By the way, that old boys club, I copied that from Nancy, mm -hmm. my co-host. Old boys club, she got a very... Uh, negative uh, posting on our anonymous uh, tip line, our anonymous call-in line on that. Uh, yeah, I, re I remember a chauvinist must have chauvinist, uh, yeah. com commented on that. <laughs> and then I went on to say, in my quote in the Wall Street Journal, and I know the Toyota executives are reading this, uh, you know, all the auto executives, all my buddies in the car dealership, all my enemies, uh, Ted Smith, the president of the Ford Automobile Dealers Association. He's not your enemy. No, but he's... <laughs> He, he is the head of a lot of adver adversaries yes, that I have. He represents. He likes me. I like Ted. He just doesn't like what I do. And I also said, quote in the Wall Street Journal, car dealers are selling cars like it is the 1960s, yep. Mr. Stewart said. Uh, anyway, that's true. Oh, we have, a, we have a caller. We have a caller. We have Lawrence Smith from Jensen Beach. Hi, Lawrence. Hey, good morning, Earl. How are you? Great. What, who is Carvana? Carvana? Carvana. When you purchase a car from them, who services if you find something wrong with them? I think you have to find the car dealer. You that, find uh, your own, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, All used. It, it's a great, interesting phenomenon. They're, they claim, we haven't dealt with them, but they claim to be uh, an up. Uh, Right, used car operation, one price. Uh, uh, they they do a lot of things. They claim to do a lot of things right. I don't even know if they charge dealer fees or add dealer installed accessories. Do you, Stu? I don't believe they install accessories, but I can't answer you about the dealer. Yeah, but they are a phenomenon. Online car buying is a huge phenomenon, and uh, we're seeing uh, even car dealers essentially are in the online car buying business. Corvana was one of the fir first and one of the biggest and one of the most renowned. Hey, have you seen the commercial for Carvana where they say, or pick up your car at one of our vending machines, yeah. and they show this lady putting this big coin in this? Yeah. Is that real? Those are real. Yeah. yeah. You know, we, uh, I, I want to uh, buy a car just to do that. Yeah, these vending machines were invented in Germany, yeah. uh -huh. and they've had them in, as par uh, parking lots. You yeah. go into a parking lot in Hamburg or yeah. Berlin, and uh, instead of getting attended to get your car, you go up there and you pay your bill. <clears throat> the elevator brings your car now. Yeah. The the, the 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 manufacturer's handle. We actually bought a product, a different kind of product from yeah. them. Yeah. We use it in our parts department. Yeah. Our handle parts yeah. machine right. is a handle. That's huh. what Corvana uses to uh, inventory their cars. But they make all different sizes, even big enough for cars. It's yeah. really cool looking. Yeah. Lawrence, where did you uh, hear about Corvana television commercial? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is an amazing company. I'd love to hear from somebody out there that's had experience with Coravana. How do you spell it? C-A-R-V-A-N-A. It's like Nirvana, but it's yeah. Carvana. 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 Has anybody dealt with Carvana, bought a car, or tried to deal with Carvana? They're a nationwide online car buying company. Uh, company and they have this really cool commercial that shows a uh, like a high-rise parking lot all their inventory is in this high-rise and uh you don't really put coins in and buy a car but if you pick a car out they say oh you like the you like the red uh toyota convertible and they'll bring it down the solar and it'll i guess it'll roll out or something and you look at it and they put it back in the machine and goes back up like a coca-cola mm-hmm so, Lawrence, uh, like a bag of chips. Thanks for bringing that up. I wish I knew more about it. I'll put it on our to-do list. We'll research them and maybe even try to mystery shop them. Yeah. Okay. Thank, thank you, Earl. Thank you, Lawrence. Appreciate appreciate the call. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. And uh, the next female caller, if you haven't called the show before, uh, gets uh, fifty bucks. And we have a text uh, waiting we, to be read. We do have a text, but I wanted to address something with the millennials, the younger car, uh, uh, younger salespeople. Yeah. Something else that came up was we deal with a lot of different dealers, so we know the attitudes. And I'm telling you right now, a lot of dealers have a very negative attitude towards younger people. Yeah. And that's it creates a self fulfilling. They they think they don't want to work. Yeah. They, they don't they can't see because they don't fit with the with the old model that car dealers stick with. They're just basically creating a situation where yeah. they're not going to attract any talent. Yeah, it's not just car dealers. A lot of people in my generation, I'm 77, you should see my Facebook page because I, when I put, I posted the Wall Street Journal on the Facebook page, and a lot of my friends, who are a lot of are my age, saying, well, them millennials, they just don't like to work. You know, when I was a young man, I walked 20 miles to work in the snow in my bare feet, and I worked 80 hours a week, and I appreciated the value of hard work. And them kids today, they just don't appreciate it. And so that's the attitude a lot of people have to, to millennials. And I think we have a caller, but the reflection is such. Ah, Gail from Hypoluxo. Hi, Gail. Thank you very much. Are you a first-time caller? Yes, sir. Ah, ka-ching. Pleasure talking to you. Fifty bucks. <laughs> I, thank you so much, Gail. No, I, I listen. I'm, I'm not calling for the money. I, I have a question. Okay. I have a 2013 Infinity, the coupe, which I absolutely love, mm-hmm. but the dashboard is more or less melting. Mm-hmm. And there's debris on it that I can't get off. It drives me crazy mm-hmm. because it looks dusty. I've tried calling uh, the dealership and the home office, and they both both have more or less blown me off about it. Schumacher. Any suggestions? Schumacher Infinity. Um, if yes. you'd rather not mention it, that's okay. Uh, the uh, manufacturers, as we said earlier, uh, we're more familiar with Toyota because I have a Toyota dealership, and Toyota is reluctant uh, to fix these. Uh, you really have to push. Yeah. I'm, no, I was agreeing with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give you uh, an idea. When the da- when the dash melts, you probably experience this. The sun reflects off the dash into your eyes. Am I right? Yes. Okay. That's a safety factor. Car dealers get real nervous about safety factors. I don't believe the dash has ever turned into a safety recall, but it should have been a safety recall. And one of the reasons I believe that the manufacturers have voluntarily fixed the dashes is because they don't want NHTSA, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, to call it a safety recall. That would cost them millions and millions of dollars. So call uh, Schumacher Infinity. 
and uh, and uh, Stu just pulled up a he's going to hold it up for the camera a great <laughs> picture of uh, posted online of somebody saying shame on you my dash Nissan a Nissan yeah uh, Nissan was one of the most reluctant manufacturers yeah. to fix these things and there's a class action lawsuit. Uh-huh. And I don't know if it's settled yet, but they had to get to that point before they agreed to start fixing these things. Gail, uh, you can call Chuck Schumacher. He's the owner of uh, uh, Infinity, Schumacher Infinity. A real nice guy. We have him on our recommended dealers list, uh, Stu and I and Alan. Alan used to work for Chuck. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's, he's an honest person. Uh, this is a safety issue. Uh, try to get hold of him or someone high up the ladder. And then I would put okay. it in writing, email, uh, certainly a t- text, email, or a letter that this is causing you uh, concerns for your safety because the sun reflects off the melted dash into your eyes and you think they should fix it. And if all that fails, and I don't think it will because I think Chuck uh, Schumacher will listen to you, but if for some reason it doesn't work, I would call WPTV Channel 5. Uh, they did an excellent uh piece on this uh and they did honda they did uh i believe they did nissan too and they were on the air all the time about this and i give channel 5 wptv credit for for getting the manufacturers excited about it and that's when they finally stepped up to the bar and started paying for these dashes so uh chuck schumacher Mm. uh put it in writing focus on the safety issue and when all else fails call WPTV mm-hmm. and Gail we'd love to have you call the show again uh, next week and let us know well, thank you. how you did and by the way I know uh, you don't want the 50 <laughs> I know you don't want the 50 bucks but uh, we're going to we'd like to send it to you anyway and if you don't want well, it well do- donate it I- I'd rather you donate well you contribute it to Big Dog Ranch much. Rescue Okay, I appreciate the advice, and I will follow through and let you know. Okay, thank you, Gail. Great call. Thank, we'll thank donate you, sir. To Big Dog Ranch. Right, we will. We'll give, the, we'll give the $50 to Big Dog Ranch Rescue. And we have two more texts. Boy, yep. we're, we're setting a new text record this, this afternoon or this morning. I think we are. We have a text from Steve up in New Jersey. Wow. It says, Earl, some manufacturers like BMW state that the transmission fluid is lifetime and does not need replacement. My Lexus doesn't have a trans dipstick anyway, and there's no easy way to check the fluid level. In your opinion, how often should the oil and internal filter be changed in the transmission, and what do you think of the manufacturer's approach? So I think he's referring to the transmission fluid. It's a good question for Alan. Well, you have to follow the manufacturer's recommendations, and they don't put a dipstick in there for a reason because you don't have to check it. It's bulletproof. The only way that you're going to lose automatic transmission fluid in in a vehicle of that type is if you have a leak, and you're going to know if you have a leak. One one drop of transmission fluid is is like a 50-cent piece size that you're going to see, and you just don't see cars leaking fluids anymore. And I, I think that the... And back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, when when all transmissions and all engines eventually leaked fluids, mm-hmm. I think that the short service intervals were the manufacturer's way of making it your responsibility to bring them in, change the filter. The dealer's making money. They're making money selling the filter. But it's also hiding the fact that every one of these darn things were leaking all the time. Yeah. So if they got you to come in for 12,000-mile transmission services, 
you never got low enough to, to create that, that uh, transmission failure. Well, the biggest uh, profit uh, uh, ripoff in, in car dealership service departments is a transmission flush. Yeah. So uh, the fact that you can't flush the transmissions anymore, or you shouldn't, and you can't change the fluid, and you, and you, can't, you can't pretend to check the transmission fluid because there's no stick, uh, it's really got the de- it put a hole in the dealer's profits. Mm-hmm. The dealers are hurting in service departments all over the country, and independent mechanics are hurting, too mainly because the maintenance is so minimal. In fact, in most car dealerships or manufacturers, I should say, they give free maintenance for uh, two or three years, and after that, it's minimal. So dealers have built these huge service departments, bought all this expensive machinery, and they have all these high-priced mechanics, and they're standing around twiddling their thumbs, uh, playing solitaire on their poker on their iPhones. And so they have to come up with something to fix. So they can't do it with manufacturers recommend maintenance so they make up their own maintenance when you go into a independent mechanic or a car dealership he will say the recommended service is this you always have to ask is that your recommendation or is that bmw's recommendation or is that honda's recommendation manufacturer's recommendation is all you do and uh that's the name of the game yeah i i would even be cautious because if bmw tells you this is a lifetime transmission fluid and you get suckered into to a a wins transmission flush or or whatever uh, have you and and then you have a failure later have you because you didn't follow manufacturer's recommendations and you went ahead and flushed it would you be risking not being covered under warranty i would say so because they told you not to tamper with it it's like the back of the computer that has the little sticker that says if you remove this you voided your warranty is it the same with the transmission i don't know don't take your iphone apart i wouldn't i wouldn't (laughs) flip a coin on it I think we got some more texts. Boy, they're pouring in. What do we got? Fifteen yeah. texts or something. I'll count them later. But we got two of these are comments or questions on our live Facebook video, Facebook.com/slash Earl on Cars. So Steve asks or comments says, Honda slash Acura is telling me to change the rear differential fluid in the all-wheel drive RDX. Honda makes their own fluid that tells you nothing about what it is. Question is, should I use their fluids, or are there better synthetic products that will be better for the car? Uh, um, Alan probably knows more about this than I, but I recall this question before I think Rick commented. My recollection is that you don't have to use the manufacturer's name brand fluid, but you have to use the same specifications. Now, if Honda won't tell you the specs, I would be I, I would be amazed, to be honest with you, because I think Honda should. But if, if, if you have a Toyota, Toyota has oil. But a Toyota tells you what the specifications are on the Toyota oil. Honda should tell you the specs on their trans on their differential fluids. That we said, and uh, you should be able to use that. Alan, you knew more than I do about that. I, I I would suggest that it probably is already a synthetic, uh, yeah. because the synthetics are are cheaper for the manufacturers, but they're also more efficient. And uh, they dissipate heat, and any time you're lubricating gears, uh, what you're trying to do is dissipate the heat. Mm-hmm. And synthetics do that better than, than fossil lubricants. Uh, but my question would be is why would you want to why would you want to deviate from the manufacturer's fluids, Cost. especially cost? It, it, well, it, how much could you save? Though? I don't know. Uh, some things, you know, it, it's not worth it. Um, 
And if you're under warranty, I, you know, I definitely would it's, stick with you know, the manufacturer's you know, it's, it, it's a consumerism me, in me. It angers me. I don't like to see manufacturers branding everything on the car. Brand the, they brand the oil. They brand the uh, differential fluid. They brand this. They brand that. Uh, there are such things is good aftermarket parts, and mm-hmm. Alan trembles when I say that, and I do too, because they're also terrible mm-hmm. aftermarket parts. Yeah. But just because Toyota or Honda or BMW didn't make it, and by the way, <laughs> they didn't make this fluid. They bought it from somebody that sells another yeah. fluid that's the exact same thing, and they put their name on it. So um, I, the specs, the answer to this question to sum it up, if you want to try to save some money, Get the specifications on that differential fluid and then buy that if it's a lot less expensive and you cannot get in trouble. Another text. Yep. Uh, This is also on our live Facebook video. It's from Joseph. Question. A friend went to a dealer to purchase a Hyundai Elantra. Dealer offered a deal for a pre-owned 2.0 liter with 16,500 miles plus 750 bucks because she didn't own a Hyundai. Then said the price would be $16,000 only if she leased it from them. What's with that? New, a new Hyundai? I think it was a used one. Used. Ah, that's interesting. That's another, the second time. Another loyalty one. Yeah, yeah. Our, our mystery shop last week, somebody invented a new scam. And car dealers are very clever. Not stupid. Car dealers are not stupid. They come up with some of the great devious tricks of all time. And one of the devious tricks is to... Advertise a new car that the manufacturer has a loyalty incentive on. A loyalty incentive means if you're driving a Hyundai, a new Hyundai now, or a Hyundai now, and you buy a new Hyundai, the manufacturer could give you a $750 discount for repeating with that uh, car. Now, the dealer said, hey, that's a pretty good idea. We put that in the fine print. We can advertise a lower price. Guy comes in driving a Chevy, and he says, you can say to him, I'm sorry, you can't buy it for that price. You have to pay $750 more because he had presumed that you were driving a Hyundai. Now they branched out. They do it on used car. There is no uh, loyalty. The dealer makes it up. It's a figment of his imagination. And he says, that's what we're going to do. We're going to have an arbitrary price on this car, and then we're going to have an arbitrary rebate that we made up. And you're going to feel good about yeah. it. Yeah, and we could have, <laughs> so that dealer, he's so creative, he could have a $10,000 loyalty. Oh, yeah. And then if you are driving a used Hyundai, he just won't tell you about He'll it. He'll price the car for $500 exactly. online. Oh, you don't get the $15,000 rebate. So congratulations, whoever those dealers are out there. Ingenious line. You really are getting clever. Congratulations, guys. Yep. So so the loyalty is if, if you're in a Chevy and you come and you buy a Chevy from us and trade yours in, you're going to get your 750 loyalty yeah. discount. And then now, have- a Conquest, uh-huh. so does that same dealer, if, if I'm driving a Ford and I come by a Chevy and he offers me a $750 Conquest discount because uh-huh. they took me out of another brand. Yeah. Man, Dude. we've seen them offer both, which makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, so everybody gets a discount. <laughs> if, right. you, if you if know you know, If you saw yeah. right. Well, they've advertised the it. price, and they factor in both a loyalty and a conquest rebate. Yeah. I'm not kidding. We've done this on Mystery yeah. Shops, and it obviously it doesn't make they sense. So wash, yeah. they wash out. That's why they do it. See, it's a Chevrolet. <laughs> it's, like, it's, a, it's a Chevy. Mind blown. I even thought of it that way. It's a Chevy, but I put a Ford motor in it. I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> these are uh, canceling out rebates. So. Yeah. Ah. 
Okay, we're. I hope you're having fun out there in Radio Land, 877-960-9960, because we're having a lot of fun here in the studio. And uh, I think we have another text. Uh, yeah, this, this one's from uh, your Facebook friend, John. It's for Rick, but I think Alan might be able to answer it. It says, uh, are you familiar with a junkyard called LKQ? Yes. Uh, they're a huge junkyard up in Lakanto. Well, they're all over the place. They, they've bought out uh, most of the mom-and-pop junkyards across the country they're not just a florida outfit they're nationwide uh they also uh deal in aftermarket parts uh, uh reconditioned parts they i'd have to google it but uh i gotta say they're a, a multi-billion dollar company they're no, they're no, no small outfit they're I, no, and they're not junkyards i mean the junkyard they're is very sophisticated yeah, this is one of the most profitable uh, sophisticated uh, ethical, honest. It's a huge business. Whoever, wh- what is the name of this place again? LKQ Corporation. LKQ. I, I, I've heard it before. They are the biggest in the world. They are amazing, and you can deal with them online directly, or dealers. Everybody deals with them. It's just somebody really got smart, and they just buy up all these cars, and they actually help the whole economy because they make a market for wrecked cars because they see. You know, dollar signs, when they see that total car being pulled in to be auctioned off by the insurance company, they see dollar signs. They pay more, which, of course, make the insurance companies more money, but they also lower your premiums. Yeah, so Stu's got a, a picture, picture of an LKQ his. warehouse. It looks yeah. like a Home Depot in there. Yeah. And and when they when they go in and they buy a mom and pop, they go in and totally revamp it and make it look yeah. like that. They're yeah. very professional. Uh, there's still some mom and pops out there. There's Jim's yeah. Imports yeah. up in uh, Sebring. They're pretty huge. I don't know how they've managed not to be bought out, uh, but they're a reputable company. And do I do I like the the used collision parts business? Not really. Uh, but if I was going to buy uh, anything used structurally, it would be from a reputable company like yeah, LKQ. I, I would recommend to anybody having a, an expensive repair on your vehicle, always get a comparison of what a used or rebuilt part would be. If they have to start repairing your transmission or your engine or something expensive on your vehicle, find out if there is available a used part. Because we think, like I always think, the word is John Neal, who... Uh, sent that text. Uh, John's a guy about my age. We think of junkyards. And you, when you think about getting a part, and collision repair also, by the way, uh, you get parts from junkyards. You think of a junkyard, you think of a, you know, a junkyard. Yeah, I mean, you think of you know, junkyard dogs. I mean, just mess. a ratty place with rats and dogs. I think of Fat, Fat Albert when I think of junkyards. No longer like this. These are huge, modern, clean, air-conditioned, computerized. These parts are pristine. They, they may even be tested. I don't know what they do. I had a junkyard story for you. When I was uh, in my early 20s, I had a 74 Sebring Plus with a 400 engine in it. I needed a crankshaft. I went to a junkyard, go in, there's seven or eight bikers sitting around. I said, yeah, I called about the uh, 400 uh, crankshaft. He says, yeah, come on. He goes out there. He says, follow me. He gets on this uh, great big tractor forklift thing. He goes out and he flips this car upside down, which was actually in better shape than the, than the car I needed to part for. Yeah. He flips his car upside down. He says, there you go. It was one of them you pull it places. I pull the oil pan off. I start to pull the main caps off. I had the wrong size socket. 
So I go walking back up the quarter mile back up to the, the little metal building that was the office. The guys were all sitting around in there, and I said, hey, man, I, I brought the wrong socket. You got a three-quarter inch socket I can borrow? I says, well, go over and buy me a soda, boy. I'll see what I can find <laughs> for you. So I go over there, and the sodas were like 75 cents, and they're usually like 35 cents back then. This was a while back. I go ahead, and I buy the guy's soda. Anything you pick, whether it was Coke, root beer, 7-Up, whatever, it was all Coors beer. <laughs> so I, I, I had to pay 75 cents for a Coors beer to borrow a socket. But th- those junkyards are gone, I yeah. think. It's a different world. Hey, we got to get to the mystery shopping report because we only got a few few minutes left. If we have some time after that, we'll take – oh, we have Don calling from uh, Palm's, Palm, Beach, Palm Garden. Beach Garden. Hey, Don, what's on your mind? I got an update for you on that van, that lemon van with a bump chuggle fish bite. Uh-huh. Remember that, the one for uh, they had that uh, mess in it, and they called it bump chuggle fish bite. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, I, I talked to two attorneys, and uh, they said, well, one didn't apply to the lemon law because it was a commercial vehicle. Yeah. And uh. the other one said it didn't apply to the lemon law because it was in my company's name. Ah. Uh. So, Commercial. Vehicle. I found another attorney that said that was all, all bullet does qualify for the lemon law. However, this isn't an easy deal. I'll tell you that because the first hearing you have is with a Better Business Bureau, and that's right. about thirty days out yet. Mm-hmm. Well, good. And, appa- and apparently, that's run uh, paid for by GM, I guess. Uh huh. Well, that's great, Don. That's the arbitrator. So, uh, what that's was, that. Don, may I ask you a question, Don? What was the name of the attorney yeah. that gave you the right advice? I'd like to give him a, a attaboy and maybe mention his name again. But you got bad advice from two attorneys, and you finally got good advice or right advice from the third one. Would you mind giving us his name? Yeah, Mike Schiff. So, uh, spell the last name. S-H-I-F-F. Very good. Mike Schiff. All right. I'll, he we'll, said he's familiar with these. He's done several uh-huh. of these lemons so he knows what's the score but it takes a while it's two three months before anything will get settled on it but excellent well don for the people that didn't uh, know about this you had a van that was a, a conversion van uh and uh there was a chronic problem with it uh took it back they couldn't fix it and they had a nightmare finally they admitted it was a chronic problem in all the vans and then the dealer refused to uh, do anything about it, and the uh, manufacturer refused to do anything about it, and you were left out there hanging. Yeah, pretty much. They just yeah. called it a characteristic of the van, but I was not told that when yeah. I took the demo right, because yeah. the one the demo they had over exactly. there did the same thing. They, they just said it was a, an isolated problem. And was this a Mullinex or Schumacher? What was the, who was the dealer? Schumacher. Schumacher, yeah. Northlake. Yeah. Schumacher, Northlake. So, uh, congratulations, and I really appreciate you calling the show. We love to follow things through from the genesis to the conclusion and all the frustration because you can uh, have a lot of people listening out there avoid it. But you fought the good fight, Don, and you went all the way you could to the dealer, to the manufacturer, and now you got yourself a lawyer, which is your last. Uh, you know, the, the last thing you had to do, the, the least tasteful, and then you went through two lawyers until you finally got a good one. You're a real pit bull. <laughs> well, I, 
I'm ready to take them on, but it's going to be a while. I'll keep you updated. All right, you're, you're my hero, Mike. I'm telling you, when we win this one, I'm going to invite you on the show because you really took it all the way. And let this be a lesson right. to you. You got to stick in there, Mike. Thank you so much. All right, thank you. Take care. Wow, isn't that amazing? Yeah. I mean, I just, he's called the show two or three times. He fought it out with Schumacher. They gave him a hard time. He talked to the manufacturer. This was a, uh, what, a GM, yeah, General Motors van. And they turned him down. And uh, then two lawyers said, Lemon Law didn't apply. And they didn't know what they are talking about. So it's going to um, arbitration with a better business bureau. And we'll see how he makes out. Excellent. i got to get to this Mr. Shopping report here. Uh, this week we investigated H. Gregg. Now that's the letter H-G-R-E-G. H. Gregg, a used car dealer we learned about from one of our regular callers and texters, Frank and Jupiter. H. Gregg is actually a chain of used car stores with 19 locations across North America. They focus exclusively on online marketing, promoting their one-price selling. H. Gregg has been in business for more than 20 years, and we're surprised we've only heard about them. I was really amazed. Uh, in our area, uh, Nancy Stewart's on the line. Okay, I'll, I'll interrupt myself here. Nancy, we're doing the mystery shopping report. What's going on? Hey, I want to remind uh, our listeners that they can always go to youranonymousfeedback.com. Well, thank you very much. www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Thanks very much for reminding of that. I got to run on with this mystery shopping report. Thank you very much. I'll be listening. Sounds good. Uh, anyway, H. Gregg we found in Doral and West Park in Broward County. They have a Miami location opening soon. Amazing. We've never heard of this place. They also have an H. Gregg, H. Gregg Lux in Pomelo. Was that the one that Frank went to? Uh, I don't think. I think he mentioned Miami. Anyway. Uh, they're really starting to jump all into Florida. So H. Gregg is coming big time because they've got 18 or 19 locations nationwide. Their website is impressive, modern, sophisticated, and it says all the right things. Very consumer friendly. They boast a seven-day exchange policy, underlying exchange, not a return. Big difference. And with mileage and condition restrictions, exchange means, well, we'll give you this car instead of that car, but who's to say what they priced the exchange car for? So exchange policy is pretty much worthless. They do have a separate return policy with seven days, but they require a 7% restocking, restocking fee. Now, you buy, a, you buy a car for twenty grand, you are talking $1,400 restocking fee. That's pretty rough. Okay, so maybe they're not as consumer-friendly as we first thought, but that website sure does look good. And let me tell you. I was jealous. Stu Stewart, (laughs) he's a cyber guy. He designed our website. Uh, He really knows. When Stu Stewart says that's a good website, that's a good website. After where are we? Are they also go on to promise that the pre-owned vehicles we purchase are safe, reliable, economically friendly, and are all-around good quality cars? We thoroughly check our vehicles for speedometer inconsistencies, flood damage, total damage, rebuilt titles, and much more. Bottom line: if it's not good enough for our family, then it's not good enough to sell you. Remember those words. Yeah. <laughs> After seeing this, we knew we had to search their inventory for a car with a Dakota recall. Right away, we found a 2012 Chrysler 300 with a no-fix passenger side Dakota recall for sale at the Doral location. So we sent 
HNX all the way to Doral. Report, speaking in the first person, as usual, before driving to the dealership, I called to make the large, uh, the target vehicle, to be sure the target vehicle was on the lot and available for sale. I spoke with Raul, who told me the Chrysler 300 was there and ready to be taken home tonight. Raul told me to ask for him when I got there. When I arrived, I was overwhelmed by the chaos I encountered. There was a lot of cars parked into a tiny lot with no obvious spots for customer parking. It's amazing how this incredible website deteriorated into kind of a scramble. Yeah. But websites are important. It's the first thing you see. You make, a, you make up your mind about companies now from websites. I slowly drove down the front aisle until a man waving a signal flag approached me and directed me to park behind one of the inventory cars they had on display. I went inside the showroom. Would be better to describe it as a corral showdown at the OK Corral. <laughs> I just picture Agent X yes. walking in there with uh-huh. his with his pistols at his side. <laughs> there were no typical desk workstations that you normally find in a car dealership. Instead, they had set up what looked like a bar. Very unusual. We've never heard or seen anything like that. Dozens envision this. Dozens of tall desks arranged in a long elliptical shape with the salespeople on the inside of the ellipse and bar stools, customers on the exterior of the, of the uh, ellipse. I've got a picture, but you really can't, you can't see it online. It's not a very good picture, but very interesting. <coughs> I bellied up to the bar and was quickly greeted by Kamani, Raul, uh, and then Kamani. He asked me how he could help me, and I told him I was there to see Raul. He asked me what car I wanted to see, and I said I discussed the 2012 Chrysler 300 with Raul and asked again if he could get him uh, get Raul for me. Uh, uh, Kamani said Raul was a BDC guy. Okay. BDC is uh, acronym for Business Development Company. It's a telemarketing company, essentially, that car dealerships have within the dealership and they call customers and customers call them they take that burden off of the salespeople some salespeople are really good face to face but they're really bad on telephones so the bdc the business development group they're really good on the phones silver tongue as it were Mm -hmm. and they can get you in and when you call them they sound really good and then when it's just uh it's a new thing everybody has got a bdc now all car dealers after a few minutes of Q&A, Kamani said he'd go get the keys. He was gone for about 10 minutes before returning with disappointing news. A car had just been sold early oh, in the day. No. We hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. Car's just been sold. Kamani apologized and offered to find a similar vehicle. I asked him why ruled, uh, and he had both told me it was available. Kamani even checked his computer before Veritas before verifying its availability. Kamani said it takes time for the system to update, and sometimes cars get sold before other salespeople can find out about it. I let him continue. You know, it strikes me we might try doing this. I don't think I'm warning too many people. We'll call, we'll verify the car on our mystery shopping report, and then we'll say, I'll give you my credit card number. Mm-hmm. You hold the car for me. You can always stop payment on your credit card. Uh, and that way, they really won't have an excuse for have yeah, go right. Well, why'd you, well, he'll say the same thing. He'll say the same thing, probably. We both looked at the computer screen while I simultaneously scrolled through their inventory on my phone. 
I found a white one and asked, uh, and asked me what I thought. I pulled it up on the phone and clicked the Carfax link. This was also one that had a Takata recall. Wow. I'm excited now. I got another car with a recall. I told Kamani that one would work, this one would work. He left to get the keys. He came back with a grim look on his face. This one <laughs> had also been sold. Yep. I mean, they're selling a lot of cars, right? Oh, Spe- it, man. Specifically the ones that I want to buy. Business is good. He said he was sorry. We went back to the computer. Kamani found another one. But it was located at the Broward location. Unfortunately, Kamani advised he could not sell that one to me. Uh, by the way, CarMax, who has multiple locations, will sell you the yeah. car, no matter where it is. But H. Greg won't. I would have to drive there and start all over. I said I just had driven over an hour to get to Doral, which was true. I wanted to get something there. I referred to NHTSA's recall spotlight, that's National Highway Traffic Safety Association webpage, that's www.safercar.gov. Refer to that webpage, uh, searching for cars that are most likely to be under recall for defective Takata airbags. I would suggest a model to Kamani. He'd find it. I'd secretly check the Carfax. H&X is the best. Yeah. Thinks on his feet. Good with a smartphone. But I couldn't find another Takata car. I decided to go with the one they had without the recall. We returned to Chrysler 300s, and I settled on a current model year 2018 300. No recalls. Kamani went to get the keys and returned to tell me that it was still available, but it was at their warehouse about three miles away. Kamani got the keys to uh, another car and drove us to the warehouse. Got a good picture of the warehouse, by the way. By the way, I wasn't clear on that. He missed the... Well, we'll get to that. (laughs) He did. I know what you're going to say. The warehouse was huge and well-organized with hundreds of cars. There was a row of recent models... Model Chrysler 300s, and we found mine quickly. It was white with 23,000 miles. No haggle price on the window was 19,988, but the price I saw on my phone, that's the online price, was 18,498. I decided to wait until later to bring it up. Now that's a $1,490 price difference. The online price was $1,490, lower than the one on the window of the car, but H. Greg claims to be one price. Well, I've already counted two prices, so we know they're not one price. On the right, I asked if it was, uh, we test drove it. On the right, I asked if it was mechanically sound. He said they only sell great cars and that they all checked out. He said this one was a current model year, so I get most of the factory warranty. I replied that I was wondering why someone would get rid of a 2018 model. wonder why they would. Salesman, without hesitating, he said, people get rid of cars for all sorts of reasons. Maybe he couldn't make the payments. It was too expensive for him. I asked if the car had been in the accident, so he said we'd go over the Carfax report when we got back. We drove back to H. Gregg's lot, went inside. I asked Kamani if the price of the 19988 was firm. He said their internet price is less. So he fessed up. That was honest. I asked him which price I would begin. He laughed. He said the internet price. Interesting. He didn't have to do that, but he did that. So that's a plus. Mm -hmm. Before we could discuss anything else, a woman named Amy. So we've had Raul, Kamani, and now we have Amy appeared. She introduced herself to me and said she was there to help Kamani learn. Amy then asked me uh, when I wanted to drive the collection home. I said we had yet to go over the numbers. Amy acknowledged this, excused herself. It was a little awkward. I asked Kamani, what was that all about? 
Khomeini said she was a floor supervisor. So we've had a floor supervisor, we've had a BDC person, and we've had a salesperson. Mm-hmm. He returned to his computer, typed some things, and then announced the internet price is 18498 He says it was as is with no warranty. Kind of unusual to sell a 2018 yeah. virtually new car as is. With no warning. That's over the curb. You buy it, you own it. You break it, you own it. Deal with the manufacturer if you got a problem. That's exactly right. Kabani remembered the Carfax and printed out one. Immediately, my eyes were drawn to the red warning sign. Severe damage reported. Mm-hmm. I said, severe damage reported. There was also an open recall for an engine control module, which could result in the vehicle to accelerate out of control while using control uh cruise control that's not terrifying that's not terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> so we asked why the 2018 why would he suddenly trade in a 2018 it's probably because he couldn't afford it well he might not have been able to afford it but he also wrecked it maybe he couldn't afford the deductible <laughs> for the repair for yeah. the crash he also wrecked it also had a dangerous safety recall come on he looked uncomfortable he had a little to others say than hmm and okay <laughs> <laughs> You did that well. Yeah. That's how I pictured it. Hmm. I see that do better on the price. Okay. Kamani hopped up uh, to get some help. And we turned with the numbers. I was written up at 18498 the internet price, plus, here we go, 899 899 is the dealer fee. And then $299 e filing fee, electronic filing fee. That's also a dealer fee. And then $89 tag agency fee. That's also a dealer fee. You add them all up, it spells $1,287 in dealer fees that they are adding to the advertised price of the car, which is illegal. In Florida, it is illegal to, you have to include the dealer fee fees to the advertised price. So H. Craig broke the law. And, of course, tax and tag, you had that, and you're up to $21,416. I told him he had to be kidding. The car was wrecked, and it was wrecked bad. Carfax said, terrible wreck. I told him Kelly Blue Book says fair condition is 15674 I should be paying 15000 If it's in fair condition, this car has been nearly totaled. I told him to get me out the door at 17500 and I'd drive it home. I added that I wasn't paying all those fees anyway. Kamani was pretty cool, considering my directness. He said they don't negotiate the price and couldn't do anything about that. He went to get his manager, returned with Frank. Now we got Frank, Raul, Amy, and Kamani. Uh, Kamani ran down the situation, told Frank, confirmed what I told him. The price was the price. Of course, he didn't bring up the fees. He got up, shook my hand, asked me to keep him in touch with the salesperson, and then walked away. Kamani handed me the Carfax report and the buyer's order, and I left. So... There we are. Uh, very interesting. Didn't know H. Greg existed. They got a great website. They're proliferating like rabbits in Florida. They got 18, 19 stores nationwide. They've got three or four. They're building them all over the place. You're going to have an H. Greg near you soon. And right now, you saw what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, need to, I think we need to score this. Uh, Nancy Stewart will score from home. Uh, we'll have... Stu, Alan, and I score here. You can text us with a score. Alan, you want to go score, uh, first on the scoring? I don't like their business model. I'm going to give the company an F, and I'm going to give the multitude of contacts uh, that he had a C-. minus. 
I'm going to be kinder. The whole thing gets a C minus for me. C minus. Yeah. Uh, we score uh, for you folks out there that might be incredulous and say, and including Nancy Stewart because she she's a hard grader. The black but, widow. Uh, uh, I'm going to give him a C minus. We're going to pass him. I hear the theme music, and uh, we're going to pass H grade reluctantly. Uh, thank you for joining Earl Sterling. But we'll be back, and we'll be back, and we'll be here next Saturday right here on this station, Goldie Oldies, from 8 to 10 on Saturday. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys.